This is Risky Women Radio, a show to connect, celebrate and champion women in risk, regulation and compliance. Sharing insight and perspective from the most influential members of our global Risky Women Network on the latest developments we need to think about, the challenges we should all talk more about and the innovation we are most excited about in governance, risk and compliance. Bringing together the hundreds of senior women professionals already connected with a new emerging group of leading women and men. I'm Kimberly Cole, your Chief Risky Woman. This episode is brought to you by our founding sponsor, Refinitiv. Refinitiv serves more than 40,000 institutions in over 190 countries. Refinitiv provides information, insights, and technology that drive innovation and performance in global financial markets. Refinitiv enables the financial community to trade smarter and faster, overcome regulatory challenges, and scale intelligently. Welcome to Risky Woman Radio. Today's Risky Woman is Sarah Hayes. Sarah is Head of Department, Lending and Intermediaries Authorizations at the Financial Conduct Authority here in London. Welcome, Sarah. Hello. Great to have you here. Just a quick intro as to Sarah before we let her tell her career journey and story. Sarah is a senior executive with a strong track record for strategic leadership and proposition ownership in financial markets and successfully delivering complex change programs across global organizations. Sarah is known for doing the right thing and for getting things done. So great to have you here today, Sarah. Let's start with the Financial Conduct Authority and share us briefly around what the Financial Conduct Authority does and is responsible for, and then your area within the FCA. So the FCA, uh, the Financial Conduct Authority, is the regulator of the UK financial system. So we oversee about 60,000 firms. And we put rules in place about how firms operate so the interests of consumers are protected and the financial markets work well. And it covers the full range. So we are the gateway for firms and individuals wanting to operate. We then oversee them. And if they don't follow our rules, we take action to protect consumers. And the division that I work in, authorizations, is at the front end of that. So we assess the applications from new firms and individuals who want to become regulated. And then also from existing uh, regulated firms who are applying to, to change the permissions under which they operate. So that sounds like a, a very broad role and a very important role. Conduct comes up a lot in uh, in the financial markets uh, and is is very important. So obviously you've got protecting consumers, looking at the financial markets, but also looking at competition. Big role, lots of different areas that that both the FCA covers and and also your department. So. Tell us a bit more about what your department is responsible for. So it's responsible for authorising firms and individuals in the consumer credit market um, and in retail uh, intermediaries. And what that actually covers is uh, all uh, companies that are looking uh, to offer us any form of debt services. Um, the In the lending side, it's anything from pawnbrokers to peer-to-peer through to the high-cost credit market. Um, and and then I've got uh, on the retail side, I've got um, financial advisors through to insurance intermediaries. So it's a very wide range. When you look at it, you actually say, well, they have the opportunity, if, if, if incorrect, to significantly harm customers because we look after the vulnerable customers who where potentially it's the only way they can access money. And on the other side, it also involves people with their life savings and, and pensions. And so it's really important 
that firms are, that are authorised uh, can actually meet the rules that we've uh, set out for them to do. Excellent. So protecting consumers, protecting financial markets, and also then looking at competition. And it's uh, given the changes in the way the financial markets and the new innovations that are happening, I imagine it's uh, continually changing. And, and no wonder you said there's sort of tricky applications that are coming through. So tell us about what's a sort of day in the life of a department head at the FCA look like? So uh, it won't surprise you to know that no day is the same, um, but primarily my job is to help uh, with uh, tricky applications. So my department assesses about over 100 a, a, a month. Um, so I get involved in ones where they either have uh, complex business models or where there's innovation uh, and a new product or service they're offering or where there are concerns about the business model of the individuals. So to give you kind of examples, um, it, it we look at uh, so recently I've been concerned about um, phoenixing, which is a, a technical term that that basically describes where firms might try and start up a new business um, when they know they've got liabilities in having to pay redress to customers, and it's how do we spot that and what do we do to to try and prevent that in the market? Um, and also we're looking at where people are trying to offer new services but don't have the right uh, technical expertise, um, you know, and that will lead to inappropriate systems and controls being put in place. Also, as with all these uh, jobs, uh, sit on a lot of committees, <laughs> looking at how we make the right regulatory judgments. And we also get involved, you know, regulation is changing uh, globally, and we have to also change as well as to to see as things move. And so, for example, uh, I've been sitting on the project board for when we brought in claims management companies into the uh, perimeter of the FCA. Outside of that, that, there are a number of things, but probably primarily it's around people and capabilities and um, diversity and inclusion uh, kind of key areas I get involved in. Excellent. Okay, so I think we'll probably dig into a bit more around some of those areas as we get into the expert opinion piece. But let's talk about your career uh, more specifically. And can you give us a walkthrough and tell us what have been your highlights in your career journey to date? Okay, so it started quite a while ago. Uh, <laughs> when I uh, left university, I was re- lucky enough to uh, get on the graduate scheme of Hill Samuel Bank, which was a UK merchant bank. And that gave me a really good breadth of experience across all of the financial markets um, and working both on the trading floor, but also um, in corporate loans and loan syndication. I then went across to UBS and uh, started uh, on the equity side and started in corporate broking, which was fascinating because we spent time advising chairmen's chief execs and finance directors of the FTSE 350 company. Quite a lot of my sector was uh, transport. And so I then became the specialist sales on the trading floor for the transport sector, which at the time was right in the middle of we were everything was being prioritized both the railways the buses we were spending off time with bit on airports and airlines so it was a, a fascinating time and then I made a kind of completely different move which kind of came from a headhunter because I hadn't thought of it which is I went and joined what was Reuters at the time on, on the vendor side looking at product strategy and marketing for the domestic equity product selling to both uh, the banks, the, the sell side, but also to the investment community on the on the buy side, and was at Thomson Reuters for a really long time. <laughs> and, um, but it was fat wheel. Oh, <laughs> but it was fascinating because uh, about every eighteen months to two years, you 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 
got promotions and moved. So I moved from domestic equities to European equities around the time the euro came in through to global equities. Um, and I ended up uh, heading up the strategy across all of the trading products. So it was a fascinating time. And then I did another completely slightly <laughs> different to move, which is um, four years ago, I joined um, the FCA. Um, and had become very interested in in all of the regulation on the back of the sort of global cri the crisis in 2008 and had and been very involved in, in how Thomson Reuters had responded to that. Um, and so um, that was the move across. And I spent the first three years uh, looking after the prioritizing the change portfolio. So looking at both the change internally and externally that the organization was going through. Um, and then about 18 months ago, um, became head of department for authorizations. Fantastic. I mean, that's really interesting, I think, in terms of showing the sort of twists and turns and, and different opportunities that present and, you know, can make a very 360 degree view of the market that you've had. Yes. Yeah, fantastic. Um, what would you call out as some of your most important achievements? So probably the ones where I worked with the industry on some of the changes. So uh, one of them would be how we displayed order books at the time we went electronic. So how do we how do we show that? How do we actually execute those? Um, and other one was as we moved electronic and we had that exponential growth in in information coming out of that. Um, how do we differentiate between a human trader and what they view and a machine? Even though human traders believe they can see as much as the machine. Um, and uh, I worked with our clients globally to I create a solution that, that was um, commercial um, for everybody. And, and that was probably a really big uh, success for me. And I think that's, you know, continues to be huge, this now move from humans to machines across so many industries. And it's a, it's a massive shift. Um, so let's actually talk a little bit more about your current role um, and, and even sort of what your team does more broadly. So your managers are responsible for the day-to-day -day delivery of the lending and intermediary authorization strategy, also ensuring that the risk appetite and control frameworks are effective. So the role involves the assessment of large volumes of applications that vary in complexity. You said some of them are very tricky and to assess and mitigate the risks in the consumer credit intermediary sector. So I guess tell us a bit about, you know, what are the, the trends? Obviously there's lots of things going on that are disruptive, et cetera, but you've got volume coming through um, and different, uh, you know, types of uh, products, I guess, coming to market. What, what are you seeing? So, um, so we are seeing lots of different products and, and some of them are, are really innovative and are looking at how we serve um, markets and, and consumers that haven't been served before. So um, we're, we've been working closely with the industry on alternatives to high cost credit um, and looking at opportunities there. We've also seen quite a lot of artificial intelligence um, in machine learning about uh, how to help decision making. So, you know, offering advice, how do we make sure that that's built so that it a can be fair to consumers but also can identify a vulnerable customer um, and and rather than see the system all the way work all the way through um, the other thing on, on the that's all on the positive side I think also uh, the very low interest rates and the regulatory focus means we have to always be on the lookout for revenue streams that could pose harm to consumers 
Interesting. Um, so is that sort of looking at financial inclusion as well as just the existing market? Like how do you include more people in the... Yeah, and how do we make so people that... And that's across all of it, not just in my department, but across everywhere, is how do we make sure people have access to the financial services, mm. um, both in terms of uh, socioeconomic, but also in terms of any form of disability. There are, there, we're always making sure that it's fair for all consumers. Um, and we do quite a lot in the innovation space. So um, we have uh, a number of uh, channels that help support, including our regulatory sandbox, which allows people to come in and test out uh, new products and see whether they work, but also see how they fit from a regulatory point of view. And that's a key area that the FCA is very involved in. And so the, that's that's very interesting. So the regulatory sandbox, that's for the industry can come in and use the sandbox as well as how do you work with other regulators? Are they involved in that as well? Or um, So it's not my area of expertise. Right. <laughs> but uh, we work with, we do work with the other regulators. Um, and I know that, that some of them have set up their own regulatory sandboxes as well. I think it's really key that there's a safe space for people to try it without, because um, sometimes there's that balance of, of the innovation versus is it treating the customers fairly? Yeah. So obviously you mentioned AI and machine learning, um, and obviously there's some uh, customers uh, or or uh, service providers using those and making sure that they're fair. How, are you using AI and machine learning as well within the within your area or within the FCA for other regulatory? Yes. So, so we, I think we said we, we have a, a, a large number of firms. Um, so it's trying to identify where are the outliers that could pose a risk to consumers. Um, so we've been looking at how we use technology there, um, how we share uh, intelligence across. So, you know. Across the organisation, it's been worked on in many different areas. So when we, particularly for firms or individuals, how do we make sure we share that? Um, and also I mentioned earlier about uh, phoenixing. It's trying to identify if someone comes back in, do we know immediately that they are someone who's been also operating uh, in a ah, different area? fantastic. Okay. So we use it a lot. Where we've also used technology is in trying to improve the, the service for the firms, uh, trying to come into the gateway. So... For example, we have uh, now have a capability called Track My Application. So similar to you have in, in, if you buy something online, you want to see how it's progressing. If you uh, submit an application, it can then help you see how it's progressing through the assessment stage. So improving the customer experience uh, from your side as well. And obviously, um, lots of these areas that you've mentioned, whether it's the use of tech or just the way that your, you know, process and procedures are working is really, you know, ensuring that trust is is there and you know, trust in financial markets is absolutely key. So what what else are you doing um, to ensure that trust is built and maintained? So if you look at the way we uh, assess firms, we, we, we want to have trust in the business model. So it benefits the consumer, but also the firm in that balanced way. Um, we have to have trust that firms have the right resources, uh, both financial and obviously uh, skilled resources to be successful and sustainable. Um, we want to make sure that there's trust in the fact consumers have full transparency of all the products and services, especially the terms and conditions in those. Um, and we need to get trust that customers are being treated fairly. So it absolutely runs through the judgments that we make. Mm, yeah, very, very important. That's really interesting. It sounds like there's a lot going on from an internally use of technology, looking at how the, the customers and the service providers are also using technology is absolutely key. 
you mentioned diversity and inclusion. Can yep. we have? Um, can I have a little chat about what what things are you doing there? What's what's happening within the FCA from a diversity and inclusion perspective? And and you know how how important do you feel about that? Passionately, yeah. Um, so if we part that we do an awful lot with the industry about diversity and inclusion, but internally it's it's a, a key priority, um, both uh, in terms of gender, but also all other. Um, forms of diversity and I think the really key thing is is it's connected with inclusion so it's called diversity and inclusion and as someone who spent my life working in the wholesale financial markets inclusion is the key part <laughs> it's not just being there but it's having that uh, breadth of thought and uh, and challenge um, so I'm very involved in in making sure we, we already do so for the first time in my career my gender is irrelevant which is the most liberating thing um, I see Kimberly nodding because I like, <laughs> but but it, it it really is, and I think uh, and I want that inclusion for for all uh, everybody. Everybody should be themselves at work, and and I think so. We're I, we're looking at lots of different initiatives to make sure people have a voice, and we have a level playing field in how we provide opportunities and promotions and those sort of things. Excellent. Yeah, I think it's um, interesting uh, increasingly on diversity and inclusion, but also in the technology and the data and making sure that there's no biases in the data and all of those kind of areas And, and we, as well. we look at that a lot in, um, and, and that I think is one of the challenges uh, that we're going to see in, in AI as well. Yeah, exactly. Fantastic. Okay, so let's now move on to um, one of my favourite sections, the rants and revelations. Connecting, celebrating and championing women in risk regulation and compliance, Rescue Women Radio takes an intimate look at the rants and revelations of the top women shaping the debate and the industry. So, if you're thinking back on, you know, what advice you were given maybe in your career um, that you feel has really helped you, what would, what would that piece of advice that you would suggest that would be useful for others? Well, right at the beginning of my career, the best advice I got was don't pour the tea when you go to <laughs> meetings, but we don't have that anymore. Um, but that was, uh, and, and someone who loves tea, I used to sit on my hands and watch it go cold. But uh, I, seriously, I think the best advice that has really made a difference for me is to embrace the pos- imposter syndrome. So we all have it. That little voice that says uh, someone's going to come and tap you on the shoulder and say, mm, I think we've made a mistake here, actually is what drives you to be better um, and you have to find the way to balance it. So it helps you as long as it doesn't uh, drown out all other voices. And, and so that's a key one for me. Great piece of advice. I think that applies, you know, across the board to everyone at different times. So excellent. And then what's your rant? You know, what's that one thing that if you had the power to change and wave your magic wand, what would that be? Inclusion for all. Right. Really is. Perfect. All right. Our rapid fire round. Risky Women is a vibrant network at the centre of a global community in a rapidly growing, evolving and influential industry. Given the continued pace of change, our Rapid Fire Round revisits the most pressing topics to share ideas and offer listeners new perspectives. What is your one word to describe the world of governance, risk and compliance? Essential. And your cure for the cost of compliance and the waves of regulatory change? Firms putting the customer, treating the customer fairly at the centre of everything they do. Back to trust, which is great. 
Are you optimistic, pessimistic or neutral in your outlook for the year ahead? So I'm a natural optimist, but that's currently under pressure at the moment. (laughs) (laughs) I think we've had a bit of that recently. Um, And then then a little more fun. What is a book that you would recommend that everyone reads? Oh, I read this summer um, Michelle Obama's um, Becoming. Uh, It's absolutely uh, inspiring, insightful, funny. She's, uh, you get a real sense of who she is and the challenges she's faced and how she's overcome them. I actually listened to it um, using Audible because she reads it, um, which is just fantastic because you're actually getting it in her voice. So I agree. I love that too. And something to what? Killing Eve, if you haven't already. Go watch it. Yes, excellent. I loved it. And your favourite podcast? So my favourite podcast is, uh, I don't know if you know it, it's the it's called the Radio 5 Rugby Union podcast, oh. <laughs> which is absolutely brilliant. And I um, I love rugby, um, but I love the the kind of conversation that it has and it brings in current and past players and, and managers. And it's a great company for me on my Sunday morning run. Well, that's a new one for me to add to my list. So thank you very much, Sarah Hayes. It's been a pleasure talking to you on Risky Women Radio. Thank you. Hi, we're always looking for sponsors and if you'd like to get involved and help celebrate and champion women in risk regulation and compliance, please get in contact at info at riskywomen.org. We'd love to have you join the show. Thank you for listening to this exciting episode of Rescue Women Radio to connect, champion and celebrate women in risk regulation and compliance. I'm Kimberly Cole, based in Hong Kong, For more information on the Risky Women Global Network, head to our website in the episode notes and please be part of the ongoing conversation by subscribing to this podcast, connecting with us at Risky Women on Twitter, or even reaching out to me directly by email.